0: Love Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with
1: him?
2: My first thought would be alive. Oh, uh,
3: I'm the Ken Reedy Show. Whatever he is,
0: he destroys him. Can you dig
1: it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Cannon Productions proudly brings to you the best wrestling talk show in the world. K-Dog, Ken Reedy, Diamond, Dave, Rosenbluth, this
4: is The Ken Reedy Show. You should all know by now, if you ain't down with that, we only got two words for you. Wow,
1: and here we are. Thank you for tuning in to the Ken Reedy Show here on blogtalkradio.com. The best in Pro Wrestling Talk, and before we get into anything, we do have some breaking news uh, going into the Over the Limit pay-per-view tonight. Uh, Mike Johnson from PWInsider.com is reporting, and we got confirmation from WE.com that at tonight's pay-per-view, there's going to be a, quote, People Power Battle Royal, that's a People's Power Battle Royal, and the winner of that Battle Royal is going to be able to pick, either the IC. Title or the U.S. title to go for later tonight at the pay-per-view. So battle royal being added to the pay-per-view tonight over the limit, uh, being confirmed by WWE.com. So it looks like that's a go. Wow, we just started the show and already we're getting news in here. You've tuned into the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash The Ken Reedy Show. Archive shows and blog The Ken and uh, you know, if you'd like to email me, com. And if you just want to give us a call tonight, please do. We're going to be talking TNA. We're talking Over the Limit. WWE. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. The number again is three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. And as always, my tag team partner, Dave. How are you doing today?
4: Yeah, buddy. Let's go. I'm ready to do this.
1: Well, let's start, and we'll you know, quick, just a, a spur note. Um, but today marks the one-year anniversary uh, of us losing the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He passed away a year ago today. Um, for myself, uh, you know, if you want to check out uh sure I did a tribute episode to the Macho Man because, uh, to me, he is one of the greats. Uh, and for what he did in a Hulkamania era, uh, tremendous. Uh, if you could break through at all to main event status during that era – uh, he had to be something special, and Macho Man was something uh, incredible growing up as a kid. To me, Macho Man was one of the first guys I remember watching and really appreciating the athleticism of, of pro wrestling, and he he really put that into the forefront. Uh, his match with WrestleMania three, Ricky Steamboat, uh, arguably the ba- greatest match of all time. Uh, I agree with it being the greatest match of all time. It's, it's definitely up there, and it's definitely a classic Uh, Big loss in the Macho Man Passed away Deserved of being in the Hall of Fame uh, WWE get on that Get Macho Man in the Hall of Fame Uh, Your thoughts on Macho Man
4: Dave Um, Macho Man without a doubt Is in my top 5 In my Dave 5 Top 5 wrestlers My favorite wrestlers of all time Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is one of those guys And there's only a few I count on one hand list of If you were to ask who that guy is, non-wrestling fans would know that's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Other guys like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, they're on that list. But Macho Man was one of those guys, and you talk about his athleticism, you bring up the WrestleMania 3 match of Ricky Steamboat. Randy Savage to me, and as much of a huge fan I am of Shawn Michaels and his in-ring work, Randy Savage was Mr. WrestleMania before Shawn Michaels was Mr. WrestleMania. He was ahead of his time, you know. The presentation of his character, and I mean, he set the standard for you know for uh, for for uh, in-ring athleticism. I mean, he could do it all. He could you know fly. He could brawl. I mean, anything. He it was Randy Savage is sorely missed and. uh you know, I, I hope someday soon that he gets the recognition that he deserves and goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. I can't say enough about how much I used to love Macho Man. And it was a sad day last year when I found out that he had passed away. I was I was truly sad because I grew up watching the guy and, and, and loved him. Lo- loved him like I knew him. And I, didn't, I never met the guy. So, um, Macho Man, you certainly missed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and
5: mean,
1: you bring up a good point with the recognizable factor. I mean... You know, you can make the case, uh, you know, Macho Man may be up there as far as the top one or two with his, you know, one of the first to really cross over uh, with his Slim Jim campaign, Um, you know, as as great as Ric Flair is to a non-wrestling fan, I would bet more non-wrestling fans know who the Macho Man Randy Savage is, as opposed to knowing who Ric Flair is. Uh, Very recognizable people who are non-wrestling fans. You know, knew the the uh, slogan. Non-wrestling fans, ooh yeah, snap into it. You know that, that. You know, people were doing Macho Man impressions who didn't really watch wrestling. Uh, so uh, you know, he had that crossover appeal uh, that many many wrestlers uh, um, uh, it eludes them. A lot of wrestlers do not get that crossover appeal. Macho Man had it. So again, Macho Man is sorely missed. One of the greatest of all time, and. Uh, good point there, Mr. WrestleMania before uh, Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania. So I just uh, bring let's up shift gears a, a bit, quick- get away from that. Um, but I'd like to, even though it's the Over the Limit pregame Ken Reedy show. Um, I'd like to start a little and talk about uh, TNA and the goings ons in TNA. Uh, Impact this past week I thought was uh, a solid show. I like the way it started off with uh, Rude. I love Rude as as a champion on the verge right now of breaking. AJ Styles Mark as the longest-running Impact Wrestling slash TNA heavyweight champ. The big deal in Impact Wrestling. Of course, Hulk Hogan comes in and thwarts his plans of of, uh, a celebration coming up, of breaking that record. What did you think of Impact this past week, Dave?
4: I thought it was a solid show. Um, I I watched some of the uh, Sacrifice pay-per-view online and... uh, I uh, I was thoroughly in, in, impressed with the uh, with the quality of the matches. It was a good card on paper, and, um, and I thought that going into they needed a, they needed a good follow up with Impact on Thursday. And I watched uh, most of Impact, and uh, I I really can't find any, anything bad to say about it. They at the, what they did well was they put over what took place at the pay per view with. with a good portion of the matches that were on there, the important ones, at least at the same time, they were also moving forward. They weren't like harping back on it. And, he, and it seemed to me that there was some closure in some areas. Um, and there were some new stories that were beginning. Um, I like the, I, I like the Bobby Roode thing. He's kind of mowing through guys. And I think that that helps if they really want to develop him and make him one of the faces of the company. I mean, he's technically, you know, the, 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 the top guy right now, you know, being the champion, uh, and, uh, you know, they had the development of uh, the A.J. Styles storyline, which I think I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Part of me thinks, like, I think this is such a stupid idea that they're coming up with this storyline that he was with Dixie Carter. And this was the big secret that Daniels and Kazarian were, you know, trying to expose. But then at the same time, we've been talking on the show in recent months, A.J. Styles needs some sort of revamping. It's just be- he's just become dull. He, you know, you can't rely on his in-ring work, um, you know, for so long. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of you know, curious. Let me, let
1: me there, one thing I wanted to ask, you know, talk about about AJ Styles, and if you want to talk about it, give us a call three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Because we have talked a lot about AJ needing a, a reboot, and uh, I can't say that I'm crazy about this storyline. But the one thing that I thought was interesting uh, coming out of Impact, and I want to know your thoughts on this. When we can talk about packaging AJ. Let's look at what what they've done with Samoa Joe. they put him in a tag team, and they kind of repackaged him a bit. And then he comes out, and he has his match with Kangle uh, this week at Impact, which was a real good match, Um, and and a way to almost, like, relaunch uh, Samoa Joe. In watching the Battle Royal and the end with AJ and Austin Aries, you know, one of the things that kind of popped into my head was, why don't they start to shift AJ and maybe have a a run kind of in the X division. You know, maybe have a rivalry with Austin Aries uh, or you know, someone in the in the X division. I I mean, it was a very entertaining few minutes with the two of them going at each other. Um I, I thought that might be a a good way or an interesting way to kind of repackage him, um get him into like some different rivalries. Uh, some different matches, some more athletic matches to re-showcase uh, what he's all about, which is his athleticism. I mean, he's mediocre at best on the microphone. Um, so my thoughts was let's repackage him. Let's move him into the X Division, maybe give him another run with the X Division title, and, and kind of go from there. What do, you, what do you think of
4: that? You know what, Ken? I didn't think, you know, that's a great idea. I, I like that idea. I mean, AJ Styles... <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. AJ Styles <laughs> was the X Division in TNA for, for a long time. He helped put the X Division on the map um, and uh, in the early days of TNA, and that's what stood out in the early days of TNA was the X Division. The X Division made a, a pay-per-view um, about seven years ago. Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe, which a lot of people are considering that triple threat match at Unbreakable, I believe was the name of the pay-per-view to be the greatest match in TNA history up up to this point. Um, putting Styles back in the X Division, I like the idea. I think if they were to go with something where Styles kind of has a little bit of an edge to his character um, and says, you know, the X Division, you know, I helped put the X Division on the map, I help the X division. You know, is the reason why TNA is where it's at today, and and not you know guys you know, like you know guys from the past. Like he can bring up Hogan, and he can bring up Blair and Sting and all those other guys. Kind of give him an edge a little bit, and 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 have him want to go back to the X division to prove that you know the X division is the future of TNA, and it's not you know these old guys that come in for a payday. Um, I think that would be a kind of a cool idea. I don't know what you think about that, but um, yeah, I could see yeah, it he, going back. I think it works. If you
1: look at the TNA pay-per-view schedule coming up, they have Slammiversary coming up. Their big, you know, 10th anniversary pay-per-view coming up, and then the following pay-per-view is Destination X, their X vision pay-per-view. What better way to, you know, what better time to repackage him, going into Slammiversary like you're talking about. You know, the X Division is kind of what put TNA on the map, 10-year anniversary, kind of, you know, put him back there because I'm I'm celebrating the anniversary, celebrating yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm going to have an X Division match at Slammiversary. And then, obviously, in the next pay-per-view, being all X Division matches, kind of have him, uh, you know, prominent in in that pay-per-view, which could serve to kind of, you know... Eliminate that stale feeling you got with AJ because the guy is is very gifted in the ring, but you know I, I really find myself just kind of uninterested when he comes out, and I don't know if the banging Dixie is really the way to make him more interesting again.
4: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know about that either. You know, like I said, to give him a little bit of an edge. You know, not necessarily turn him heel because I think when he's turned heel he's just come off looking goofy when he was like, he was like the little nature boy when they brought Ric Flair and I understand they wanted to give him a rub because he's been there and he stuck with them through it. So they gave him Ric Flair as like, you know, a manager mouthpiece for him, but he looked so ridiculous wearing a suit. I mean, he looked like, he, he looked like a, like a 12 year old, like skater punk, like trying to, you know, dress nice. And then he has, he's got, you know, the, the robe with the, I mean, he just looked ridiculous. It was, you know, it was terrible. Like, I, I if I were Ric Flair, but like, why are you coming out wearing a robe that looks like mine? You know what I mean? Like, I just thought it was it was silly. So I, I would just give, you know, like I said, give him a little bit of an edge. I know I've been using that word a lot, you know. But, uh, and just have him kind of, you know, almost like a pissed off AJ Styles in a way, you know. Just, just you know, pissed off, you know, characters in wrestling work. Mark Henry was just some pissed-off big dude, and look how far that got over. You know, if you just give AJ Styles the the, the, the the freedom to, you know, kind of say what he feels, and if you go in that direction with that storyline, I think it'll work for him.
1: I agree with you. I think that there's a lot they can do with him. They just they haven't as of yet. But the one guy in TNA that I will still, still say in professional running right now is, is must-see TV, a guy that does not need any repackaging, Bully Ray. It's still, in all, I mean, you know what? Sam Punk can talk all along about about his pipe bombs, and you know he is good on the mic. But man, you know, right now, Bully Ray is just the shit on the mic. Every time the guy talks, I'm entertained. Um, I enjoy what he does. I enjoy what he does in the ring. And admittedly, I didn't know if either one of these guys could exist as a sole competitor. Much less a, a main eventer uh, once Team BD split up, and and Bully Ray has done more than an exceptional job at transitioning into a uh, main event type star. You know, he's gotten to the point which I never thought I'd be thinking this, but you know, down the road a piece, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Bully Ray uh, have a run with uh, the the TNA title. I think he's he's just he's put himself in that position. He's just that good. He is a tremendous heel. He gets the heel psychology. Um, he is as much as, you know, enjoy Bully Ray. I mean, I guess there's, there's some things that I, I consider cool about him, but he, he universally gets booed. I mean, he, he gets that heel reaction, that traditional heel reaction that uh, is lacking from a lot of stars uh, today in wrestling. Uh, everything he does is he does it well. Uh, He's not a master tactician in the ring, but he knows who he is. He knows what he does well, and he does it well. And he continues to have, for a big man, very solid matches, uh, more athletic matches than you may think for a guy his size. Um, So he's entertaining the ring. He's entertaining on the microphone. And I would say right now that if if you came to me and said, you know, you have a choice tonight, you can only watch – one promo from one guy currently in the business, I'm going to pick Bully Ray. I'm going to
4: sit and watch Bully Ray give a promo.
1: What do you think about what Bully Ray has done uh, recently in, in Impact Wrestling?
4: Um, I, I, I like it, and I can tell you a quick story. Um, you know, a, a lot of our listeners, uh, you know, if you're longtime wrestling fans, you you know what Bully Ray is capable of, um, especially when he was in ECW, um, and the heat that he draws. And the things that he would say, you know, when he was a part of the Dudley Boys, the the Dudleys in ECW, they never came out to entrance music, and they spent a good maybe ten to fifteen minutes cutting the promo in the ring before their matches, and they would almost, they would practically incite riots. I was at an ECW house show in 1999 in Hartford, Connecticut, at the Hartford Armory next to the state capitol. and um, they had never run Connecticut before. That was the first time they ever ran Connecticut this is in the height of the Monday night wars and the Dudleys came out and I was with a, I was with a guy who I had known as a child and uh, he, um, as a, as a younger kid and uh, I bumped into him at a wrestling show. And we ended up going to the show together and he said, he said, you got to check this out. What's coming up next. And the Dudleys came out, no music. And the, you know, the Hartford area um, is filled with a lot of African Americans and Hispanics and Bully Ray Bubba, whatever you want to call him, he pulled no punches when it came. I mean, I didn't think I was going to make it out alive. They threw chairs they in the ring at him. He even he even got out of the ring and told the fan to jump the guardrail. The fan jumped the guardrail. Security had to throw him out. I mean, he he knows how to get people mad at him. And the one thing about heels dismissing these days, and you brought it up, is that a lot of heels try and be cool. You know, and that's what that's what the Monday Night Wars did, when the, especially the NWO, Hall and Nash. You know, they were heels, but they were cool heels, you know, that young, you know, 18 to 25 uh, males, you know, could identify with. Now these heels, you know, they they, they want to try and, you know, promote something or come up with a catchy, you know, uh, catchphrase, and, and people like it. Bubba says what's on his mind, and Bubba says stuff that people aren't going to like, and Bubba, you know, is the true definition of a heel in wrestling right now. And... uh I think I think what he's doing is great. You know, if you see if what you think he's doing is great now, you go back and you watch some of his old ECW stuff. You would be like amazed at what, what you could see when it when it comes to his verbal skills. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just he, he yeah, he's great. And, he, and he's and not only is he elicit that reaction, but he's entertaining. You know, he's not just a dick. And you know, right now the guy's putting on a clinic as far as, you know, what to do, what what a true heel uh, needs to be in professional wrestling. And, you know, as much as, you know, we talked about, I mean, Bobby Roode is, is the top guy. He's the champ. Uh, but to me right now in, in Impact Wrestling, I mean, the top heel is Bully Ray. Um, and I, I would like to see him. Well, I mean, do you think he could hold it? I mean... To me, I'd like to see him get a, a run with the title. I think he's more than paid his dues. I mean, behind the scenes, going back to those ECW days, back to the you know, and if you're a wrestling fan, we've all seen the footage of you know things that he can do. And if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and just start searching. You know, just put in "Pulley Ray incites a riot" or "The Dudleys incite a riot," and you'll find a probably quite a number of videos on YouTube. Um but yeah. you know, behind the scenes think about him putting in his dues and, and wrestling in the bingo hall, uh up to, you know, where he is right now. Uh he's put, he's more than putting his dues uh, in the business. Uh he is entertaining, he's a solid performer. Uh to me I, I would like to see him have a run with the impact uh title. What do you think about that, Dave?
4: I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um it would be something fresh and different. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it um i' don't, i i just i think he's made of that material. I just don't think that he's gonna be a long term champion you know what I mean I think he's more of like a um a uh you know Kind of like what Umaga was in the WWE, you know, he he has his flashes in the pan with the main event and worked with like the guys like John Cena and Hunter and Sean and, you know, put those guys over at the same time, you know, show off, you know, the the accentuated the positives that he had. I don't, I I mean, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'm not opposed to it. I I think, I think it could work, but not on a long-term level. I think on a short-term, you know, a month, two months tops, I think that they would give him a run with the belt. Unless, uh, you know, unless they do something with him that, you know, gets the people paying money to see, you know, Samoa Cho or Matt Morgan or AJ Styles or whoever, if they pay, you know, hard-earned money to want to see, you know, one of them kick his ass and try and take the belt, you know, then then maybe they'll give him a longer run. I just don't see a long-term thing with him with the title.
1: I would agree with you. I, I don't see him long-term, but I, I think he's so good. You know, he could be the guy uh, to put someone over, you know, a, a two-month run. You know, you brought up an interesting name, like a guy like Samoa Joe, who we've talked about, who has, you know, kind of been languishing for a while. We both like what they've done repackaging him in the tag division. Um, but think about, you know, if if they, they continue, you know, I don't know if they're going to continue Joe uh, – move him back into singles competition. I mean, he wrestled Kurt Angle uh, this week. So who knows where they're going to go with Samoa Joe. But but think about that, the rebuilding of a Samoa Joe. If at some point, you know, you're moving down the road a piece and you have a Bully Ray win the title, um, and then you know, a, a run where uh, Samoa Joe is going after the title and then a pay-per-view with those two big guys wrestling, and then Samoa Joe wins the impact title, Uh, versus uh, Bully Ray, Uh, that's something that could serve to to really put Samoa Joe over uh, and put the title over and and give Samoa Joe a a good run and maybe some some juice going forward. So, I mean, that's the thing, and that's what you want out of a good heel. He's so good, you know, he really can put guys over. When you think about, you know, people that you might want to see win the title or need to be put over, um, I think of a guy like Mr. Anderson, you know, if they're ever thinking of putting the shot back on him again, uh, a, a short run going after Bully Ray's title, uh, help him. Uh, you know, it's just he's so good at being the heel right now that he really can put uh, some guys over that would need it. Um, so, I mean, when we're talking TNA right now, uh, you know, I think they're doing a real good job uh, with, with everything they're kind of adding into the mix The interesting thing is if they had the cash that the WWE has uh, right now, it would be an interesting time to be a professional wrestling fan because uh, TNA has a real good roster. They have some real good storylines going, Um, solid matches. I mean, usually top to bottom, solid matches. There are times where it seems like they drop the ball a bit on the pay-per-views, but Impact, I mean, you're generally getting some solid matches. If the resources were equal – uh, we could have another revisiting of the Monday Night Wars uh, because I, I like what TNA is doing right now. I think they, uh, they're they definitely moving in the right direction. Uh, and we talked about it on the show that uh, it seemed like they were languishing a bit. I think the Jeff Hardy situation uh, hurt them a lot, and it seemed like the company was scrambling and couldn't find direction. But it seems like they've hit their stride at it, and uh, they're putting out a good product. And, you know, again, anytime there's a good product out there, it benefits wrestling fans. So hopefully hopefully Vince sees it, and Vince is getting scared, because if Vince gets scared, then the WWE's going to get better. And then we win as wrestling fans. Wow. Good talk, good talk. TNA, we're going to get into Over the Limit. It's an Over the Limit pregame show right now, 347 8, 8, 8, Give us a call. We're going to go to the phones right now. Tony, are you there?
5: Hey guys, I'm here. How are you, Tony? I'm good. How you doing?
1: Doing all right. What
5: uh, do you got
1: yeah.
5: for tonight? Uh, first, yeah. Probably one you the – you mentioned before, you know, the uh, Macho Man. He was one of my favorites too growing up as a kid. When I saw the news last, you know, last year, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. It was like, oh my god, another one of my favorites from the old days gone. Um, uh, it was really, you know, it was really shocking. But uh, you know, he he was, you know, definitely one one of my favorite favorite guys ever
1: uh you really i mean you bring up a, a good point i mean I, I remember when when i heard it, it really was and i get that often with with celebrity deaths and stuff but it really was like a punch in the gut i mean it was i mean i didn't know him but it was the closest i, I guess i could say feeling like I, I knew the guy like i, I really just was I, I was depressed i mean it really really bummed me out and, was, he, and he was
5: yeah yeah one i was of the yeah, because you, um, you see these guys on TV all the time. It's like, you, you, you know, it's like even though you never actually you never actually meet them, it feels like you know them because you see them all the time. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. What was your What was your favorite match from from Macho Man?
5: Oh my God, there's so many. Probably, um, WrestleMania three, uh, you know, with Steamboat and um, him and Ric Flair at uh, WrestleMania eight. That was like the, nice the, the kid, was, the, That was like the first year I started watching wrestling. That was like the first WrestleMania I saw. So that, you know, So that's. You know that's a, that's a sentimental match for me, and um, him and Ultimate Warrior Mania Seven, you know that was that was the best match of Ultimate Warrior's career. Agreed, I, yeah. Okay, I, I think. Um, but uh, what you think about you know like uh, about what's going on with uh, the the product and everything. You know, I I think uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray, whatever you want to call him, the, the guy has been like really awesome as a heel. Like he was like you were saying, you know, the guy definitely. I I would love to see him get a title run i uh, you know i think it would you know i think it would be good you know having him, doing him and uh mr Anderson or whatever but uh, um having having him be champion would be good you know i think would be good 'cause you know i was i was actually uh, watching um just watching the classics on the main last night you know they had the their last night in e c w when they said they broke a um sort that you know when they were in the uh the old elks lodge and oh, when um, they threw down the belt yeah yeah yeah, yeah when yeah i time a dreamer out
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, when he called Tommy Dreamer out, and then Raven returned.
5: Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah, was a good yeah. that was a
4: good angle because for a minute there, you thought that oh wait a minute, are they staying? Like because they they you know they won the belts that night. They were you know they were scheduled to leave after that sh- after that show and they won the belts and everybody thought oh shit they are staying. They're not going to Vince. Like this is an angle. You know, even I thought that on TV too. I thought, it was, even though I read it on the internet, I thought on TV too that that was going to be, you know, that that it was an angle and they were going eventually going to stay.
5: Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it would have been nice if they would have stayed. But yeah, I was like, I think they were like, you know, one, two of the few guys who actually managed to have a successful run in the WWF too. You know, because a lot of guys who went there from, you know, ECW or whatever, you know, it's like they were kind of like. Not treated you know, like not booked as well, you know, like Taz, for example, you know, it' was like he was uh you know it's like he 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 got a huge pop that debuted the garden at the rumble that year, but they didn't really do much with him after that, but the W's, I mean you know it was the that you know they were in the first t l c match, um you, and they you know they did a lot you know they they actually did a lot with the W's, know it like I think they had the belt eight times over there too, he's like you know, so it's like if you know and i I think the Dolby Boys were the greatest tag team ever, uh oh. Pretty really? Statement. Uh, I think I think so, yeah. You know, I mean you know. I like yeah, you know, I like the Dudleys, the Steiners, uh, you know, Harlem Heat you know, teams like you know, teams like that or whatever, and it was off the top of my head, you know, Road Warriors. Um but yeah, you know, I mean the Dudleys are you know like you said, they were really good at the, you know, I actually have the uh before WWE bought the Vault uh the E C W uh film uh film, I have the, the um uh, D V D Best of Dudleys that uh Pioneer uh produce uh put out. You know, and it, um, you know, it. Hey, you know, with Joe Styles narrating it, is that, you know, he was that a lot. You know, I haven't watched him quite a while, but they, you know, they, they um, you know, I mentioned how, how, you know, it's like the, the W's would really like it. You know, I've mentioned before, you know, it's like they were like really get the fans legit uh, pissed off at them, and it was just like really crazy. I mean, I, I think there was uh, one show, another show at the Elks Lodge. He he was jaw jacking with a fan who was sitting in the balcony, and I think the fan jumped. Really. I, I, yeah, I saw. I, yeah, I, I've seen that footage before.
4: Yeah, you know what's funny about him, about him. That same show I went to. Yeah, I was I was I was leaving the show at the end of the night. Right. There were people waiting out in the parking lot wanting to fight those guys.
1: <laughs> That's
4: crazy. Like, oh, no joke. God. Like they they got they got that crowd hot that night.
1: That's heat. That's real heat. Tony, let me ask you: What are you looking forward to most uh, tonight at the Over the Limit Pay Per View?
5: I'm, uh, I'm going to say Punk and Daniel Bryan. You know, hopefully we will give them a good uh, 20, 30 minutes of action. Uh, by the way, if Raw's going three hours, <laughs> good God, God. Oh, my God. You know, I guess you'll get, get to that later. But I saw that headline the other night, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Is this, you know, it's like, it's Monday Nitro all over again, and we know how that worked out.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
5: so it's just like, you know, it's like if they're going to do that, it's like, have, do Punk and Daniel Bryan for an hour at the end, uh, I, I, on Raw. I mean, hell, do it every week, you know. So just you know, just 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 to give us just to give us an hour of something good because this is like you know I I was, with this whole Raw thing you know it's just like you know, it' was like okay what three hours I mean what you know, I, I, this is was, this is a this was a Comcast call but it's just like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, it's, like, you know, it's just like you know. Two hours you know, it's like this past Monday. Two hours was 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 painful enough, you know. I mean, that whole thing at the end with Cena and uh, Lorennis, and then the whole thing with him firing Big Show. Oh my God! You know, it's like Big Show did a great job in selling it. You know, he's very good in his delivery. But you know, but uh, that that whole thing was just like, oh my God, that was that was really wretched. I'm sorry, I couldn't stand that stuff.
1: Yeah, I did. I uh, I thought I agree with you at the end with uh, Cena was was kind of brutal. Um, but and I find also that it, it seems like more and more Monday Night Raws are uh, kind of brutal right before a pay-per-view. That it that is, Raw yeah. right before the pay-per-view is usually uh, excruciating. And and you bring up a good point, like coming out of, uh, you know, knowing that, knowing that the two-hour Raws are, are tough to watch. Um, you know, three hours before a pay-per-view. You know, where are they going to go with that? I mean, who knows? We are going to touch on that later on. Um. But so you're looking forward to uh, Daniel O'Brien. Punk, anything else you're really looking forward to in the pay-per-view? Uh,
5: maybe the other title match, the four-way. Which, by the way, where the hell was Del Rio on Raw? You know, it's it was like, he wasn't on TV at um, all this week.
4: He was promoting a show. He was promoting a tour for uh, China or Japan or something like that that they're going to run uh, later in the summer. So he was overseas promoting the tour.
5: Oh, yeah, that would have been... All right. So anyway, but uh, even like you were saying before about AJ Styles, you know, it's like I say, you know, he was... He was. I mean, he's the you know. AJ Styles was the guy. You know, he and you know was the like I said, the guy in the X division. And he and you know, like the X Divisions were made TNA. I, that's what put the, you know. The X Divisions will put TNA on the map. You know, like I said, if we want to give him like a a run in the X division again, I think that'd be good. But, uh, you know, cause this whole thing with him and Dixie, I just find the whole you know like. You know, with the pics and the film and everything, with I just think, you know, I just think it's so. I just find that to be so stupid. It's like you know, like, I, even Aaron and Daniels deserve a better storyline than this. You know, I just think, it's I just think it's you know, it's like a real a waste of all these guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's
1: too talented to waste in this storyline. As always, Tony, thank you so much for the phone call. And everyone remember, Tony is our guest blogger, recapping all the shows each and every week. Check him out at thekendrydshow. dot com. The best in the business, very thorough. So, your DVR laps out. For some reason you don't catch one of the shows, uh, check out Tony's blog. He uh, recaps everything with a little uh, insight and opinion. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. Talk to you soon.
5: Yep, I'll be calling next week.
1: Take it easy, man. Bye. All right,
5: you too,
1: man. All right, we're going to split the phones now. Hey. Yeah, right, I'm trying to go with the phones. Come on, hey.
2: answer. Did you hear I'm me? Can you hear damn me? it! Can you Somebody hear me?
1: Up. Somebody's on the line. Uh, someone's hey. on the line. It's it's saying that you're not there. Hey, how are you?
2: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are we good? I, I can hear you. All right. It's it's me. It's James. I'm back. I'm on a nice break Yeah, buddy. I'm
1: back. How's it going, James?
2: It's good, man. I I, I called in and I was like, bully ray, you, you know. And I don't know if this was mentioned early on about the bully ray thing, but. I think the way to make – you can make Bully, way, uh, Bully, way, Bully Ray a long-running champion if you give him the JBL treatment. I don't know if anyone brought that up. That's a good point. You know, I didn't even think of that. That is a really good point. Because I don't,
4: you know, me and the whole legacy That's and whatnot. That's why we keep I don't guys work. like you around. Huh? That's why we keep guys like you around, to bring up good points that we forget. <laughs>
2: Because because no one really pictured JBL as a main eventer, and then all the yeah, and and Bully Ray, uh, Team 3D Dudley Boys were like in a sense they were a better APA. Uh, the guy would good who, point. Working, good point. Yeah. The guy who spoke earlier said he thought that they were the best tag team. Accomplishment-wise, I got to give them that. I mean, the only tag team titles I know of that they haven't won probably would be ROH and AWA. That's it. They won everything else. NWA, TNA, both of the – W. if you want to be technical, all three of the WWE, whether they were the WWF, the World Tag, or the SmackDown tag team titles. And you got the TNA, the NWA, WCW, ECW. They held all that. So they – accomplishment-wise, they're the best thing. I mean – Granted, the Road Warriors held everything, too. But, you know, that's up for discussion. But, yeah, if you give Bully Ray the the uh, JBL treatment and you finish him off the way they finished off JBL, like, um, the way JBL's title reign ended was when they boosted Cena. So all TNA really needs is the next quote-unquote John Cena. That's it. That's the formula. They have it. They just need the right guy. And Bully Ray could be one of your well, he already is the top heel, but he could be one of your top champion heels of all time. You just need the next guy to bump up, but they don't have that guy because they're too busy throwing crap at us, like the Dixie AJ crap. They're so focused on that instead of just giving us the future. So simple.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he really, you know, I mean, you're right. I don't know who the next guy would be. I mean, whether they're they're looking at. You know, or anyone else that like, I'm thinking that would give the title to is, is a retread, whether it's a Hardy or an Anderson. Uh, you know, who the next new guy uh, to win the title?
2: All their, oh, all, their champions, all their champions. If you look at it from since since the TNA title came out in 2007, Kurt Angle, Sting, McFoley, Mr. Anderson, Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam, with the exception of maybe James Storm and uh, Robert Roode. And Samoa
5: Joe
2: and AJ. Most of your champions are recycled guys. They're all guys who got their fame in WCW or WWE.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's it's time for them to. They got to build new stuff. Yeah, it's time. And I think you know, right in wrestling, it seems like both companies are having a little bit of problems. really developing that next star, like really making a bona fide star. I mean, you know, even with the WWE, I mean, whatever your feelings are on Cena, I mean, they built him, they built him into a star. You know, who else has the WWE over the past 10 years really developed themselves? I mean, Punk grew there, but, you know, Punk kind of made himself an ROH and then came over. Um, It seems like both these companies are having trouble... Building and creating stars right now.
2: I mean, well, WWE they have the advantage right now because they have a new crop of guys that they can pull from at any time with the whole FCW roster. I mean, granted TNA has whole VW to pull from, but we don't really see much of that talent coming out of nowhere. I mean, they're they're pulling from the indie scene now, but that's a little American Idol competition. They're going to get down to one, and then everyone else is going to be disappeared for the rest of forever, or they're going to repackage them like they did Ryback. So, I mean, it all depends on who they feel is the next guy. Because WWE, they can easily pull Dolph. They can easily use Cody if they wanted to, which I doubt they would ever. They could easily use Jack Swagger. They have have all the talent. They just got to pick the next guy who I think will be Cody. And as far as the guy who built himself like Cena in the last 10 years, He's not nearly as big of a powerhouse in terms of, like, Make-A-Wish and sales, but uh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton was a guy, granted he had the Orton name, but he built his own legacy, whether it was starting out in the blue trunks on SmackDown, going to Raw and becoming one of the longest-running intercontinental champions in that time, in history of that time, whether it was being the youngest world champion ever, Legend Killer, uh, Viper, doesn't matter. He built his own legacy. In the last ten years Same with Cena They did it differently But they built their own legacies And they need another guy To do that
1: That's a good point What are you looking forward to Most uh, tonight's pay-per-view
2: What's the rest of the card Besides the four-way And the the WWE title Because those are the only two Matches I really Know anything about I haven't been paying attention
1: Um, Well you got You got the the Divas championship
2: Alright that sounds (laughs) Cricket Uh, Kofi an and Truth awful. versus
1: uh, Swagger and Ziggler. Uh, Cena versus Laurinaitis,
2: and oh, yeah. uh, they
1: added actually a battle royal to the pay-per-view, uh, and the winner gets to go after either the IC title or the US title.
5: Oh wow, that's that's that's
2: kind of okay. That's kind of creative. That's what they did there. Hmm. Uh, well, I feel like I know what's gonna happen with the Cena Laurinaitis thing, so that doesn't excite me because they're just. They they're just giving him busy work until uh until they decide to give him the title. Um and I think the the match is gonna steal the show if they give him the right amount of time would be Punk and Daniel. Doesn't matter if it's ROH, Raw, SmackDown, I'm gonna watch that match. That match is gonna be dope.
1: That seems to be the consensus. James, thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Definitely, man. Take it easy, Take Dave. You,
1: Dave. Bye. Bye. Well, it seems like I mean right now we're talking about. And why don't we get into it? Uh, you know, Punk and Daniel Bryan seems like the match that everyone's looking forward to, um, and and I am as well. I and I want to know what your take is on this, Dave, because I think right now with a lot of wrestling, let's call them wrestling purists or uh, traditionalists, uh, you know, people who really like the craft of pro wrestling. Um, you know, maybe they steer clear a little bit uh, of the character at end of things and really like the uh, the match and the physicality and athleticism. Um, you know, a lot of people looking forward to what this match offers or could offer. Um, we've seen these guys go uh, before on Monday Night Raw. Um, is there a lot of pressure, a tremendous amount of pressure for these two to deliver uh, on a pay-per-view for the WWE title?
4: Um, maybe six months ago, yeah, I would say. But I don't think so now, considering the way both guys are being portrayed on television. I mean, Daniel Bryan has had a pretty good run. Uh, well, it's It started off good when he won the title, but since WrestleMania, since losing with the 18-second match to Sheamus, he's been on fire from 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 uh, you know WrestleMania till now with the yes chants and the fucking T-shirts and, you know, everything else. and the, the, You know, he goes... He, the one thing that's good about him, like, he's got that audience in the palm of his hand with that whole yes chant. But then he can come out and he can cut a promo on... Uh, and now he, like, totally brutalized the character of AJ in the middle of the ring and embarrassed her like that. I mean... And then he had the whole crowd turn on him just like that. So... He's been on fire, and Punk. They they seem. They, they, from what it looks like, the company seems to be putting a lot more faith in Punk as time goes on. Um, you know, they gave him the belt at Survivor Series against Del Rio back in November, and he's had the belt since. And I think they're really trying to groom him now as the next top guy in the company behind John Cena. It was in the event that John Cena does have to you know leave if it's you know with his divorce it's coming up or whatever they got punk to rely on so i don't think there is as much pressure i think i i i don't i think the company's looking at it like this Let's see what these guys can do on the main stage. They've both done it, uh, you know. They've both been raved about on the internet and the independent scene. Now we're going to give the people what they want and put these two in the ring. Let's see what these guys can do. And I bet you it'll be a fantastic match. It'll be great, but it won't be nearly as good as what you would see if you watched them on Ring of Honor or 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 on an indie show because they would there wouldn't be any restrictions on those shows. Um, So I don't think there is as much pressure, but I think it's going to be a great match. And I think it's I think it's signs of things to come as far as the two of them go and their future in the company, more so Punk than uh, Daniel Bryan.
1: See, I got I to say I disagree. With I think there's a lot of pressure on the two of them to perform. I mean, I don't think, you know, I mean, God, if they shit the bed, which I don't think that's really possible, but if they did, it, it says a lot. Um, I agree with you. Like you said, I mean, people have been clamoring to see the two of these guys on the on the big stage. And if the company is looking and saying, all right, well, let's see what these guys can do. On big stage, um, they gotta deliver, and it, it's one of those matches that um, these two really have to deliver. Um, what I find interesting is right now, I agree with you. Daniel Bryan is hot, and and he can cut a promo, and but right now, you know what? Daniel Bryan can drop a pipe bomb a lot better than uh, CM Punk. I have I found as of late, CM Punk to be a stale. Um, you know, some of his promos, you know, John Cena gets criticized for it. And I've always said, you know, sometimes you think about it, and there's a separation between WWE creative and what the guys are allowed to do. Um, you know, I found CM Punk a bit corny at times with his with his promos. Um, I love the run with Jericho. Uh, his promo at Laurinaitis the other night on SmackDown. Was, I, I don't know. I, I found it a little bit corny. Uh, far cry from the pipe bomb. Uh, so I agree with you. I think he even groomed as as the next guy. Uh whether he he can carry that or not still remains to be seen for me. Uh, I, I just I, I found his character to be a, a bit stale, you know, coming out of the Jericho rivalry. Um but you're right, Daniel Bryan is right there. He he uh you know, he's got the elegance in the palm of his hand. He can cut a promo. The whole audience is behind him and then just he's an asshole and he garnishes the, the boot, so uh, that's working for him. Um, I'm curious where they're going to go coming out of this. Uh, are going to build a rivalry? Because I think we'd all like to see a series of matches uh, with these two guys. And, and maybe this is, like you said, Cena, where are we going with Cena? How long is Cena going to be gone? Uh, you know, I think this is a very good time uh, for Cena to be off TV for a while, you know, this is not a big four pay-per-view. You know, this is over the limit. Uh, you know, maybe this is like a training ground. Let's see what these guys can do. And then do we have a long-standing story arc with Punk and Daniel Bryan? Do we have them again at a SummerSlam or down the road apiece at a Survivor Series? Um, you know, how far are they going to go with these guys? But I I think it is a, a testing ground to see if these two can deliver on the big stage which is why I think there is a lot of pressure for these two to deliver. And we're going to go back out to the calls. Cole, are you there? Yes,
6: gentlemen. It is I, again. First class. How are you? (laughs) I'm here. I'm driving to the uh, studio right now to pick something up. But uh, what's going on?
1: So what are you looking forward to tonight in the old pay-per-view?
6: Uh... (laughs) The four-way. Really? Yeah. No. Because those guys have all different styles, and I'm interested to see how they all work together.
1: Let me ask you something. Coming coming out of the, the four-way, and, and they are four styles, and, and uh, it's funny because I'm not a big fan of fatal four-ways or triple threats, especially when the title's involved. It's just personal preference. But I'm looking forward to this more than I would normally a fatal four-way. Um, That's what that I was thinking, day. too. What would you say?
6: I was thinking the same thing because I'm also not a fan of three-ways and four-ways
1: at all. What do you think of Seamus's title run if he drops the title tonight? Uh,
6: he would have the Del Rio effect. He had the title for no reason.
1: And you think? I mean, where do they go? I mean, what do you think they do going forward with Sheamus's character?
6: Um, I don't know. What I would do is is have Sheamus fight for the belt because him beating Daniel Bryan did nothing for either of them, really. I think.
1: Well, you, you don't. Think, I mean, that that whole match at uh, WrestleMania didn't really help to put a uh, Bryan over.
6: Well, it, it didn't. It helped Bryan more than it did Sheamus. Oh sense. yeah, I
1: would agree with you there.
6: But you know, I don't know. I mean, Sheamus—they just need somebody to put Sheamus with, like Orton. They need Orton and Sheamus to work. They need Del Rio and uh, Sheamus to work. But again, these guys don't have enough time to to build a program. You know, like just like Daniel Bryan and uh, Punk, there was there you no. Know, the match is obviously going to be good, but. They didn't build it. Like, nobody cares. It's going to be a regular match that they saw for free a couple of weeks back. Maybe a little longer. You know what I mean?
1: That's
6: there was no point. build I mean, so... to this pay per view at all for anything besides seeing match,
1: obviously. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I mean, and, and as we're talking about it, we were, you know, really talking about the athleticism we're looking forward to in Punk playing. Uh Yeah, we not really convincing at all on storyline and there really is done. There's no, there's no real drama. I mean, the real drama right now for Gang Brian has been with AJ.
6: Right. Exactly. And I feel like she should go back to him and cause punk the title. I think you'll see I in say, champion I would, tonight.
4: I was saying that a few months ago when, in, in regards to the, uh, the cage match that he had at the Royal Rumble with Big Show. And they did the angle where, you know, Big Show knocked her over. I thought that would have been a perfect opportunity um, to turn her heel and kind of give them that power couple feel and a little bit more of an edge to her because she, she, let's just face it, she looks like a fucking teenager. She's so small. All right? And there's nothing. I can't see. They put her in the ring with Natalia Neidhart, a member of the Hart family, okay, the famous family. How can you fucking believe how can you get any wrestling fans <laughs> to believe that she's gonna go out there and beat her up? The tie is a big girl. She she's, a, she's an athletic big girl. How are you ninety five pound, you know, fucking wet behind the ears AJ out there. How are you gonna <laughs> believe, how are you gonna get anybody to believe that? I can't I to be honest with you, I fast forwarded through that portion of the DVR because there was no way that I was going to sit there and invest the thirty seconds or the or the minute and a half of my time to to try and see if it was going to actually happen that AJ was going to beat Natalia. I think that's ridiculous.
6: Oh, you're so angry about it. I love it.
4: It's <laughs> <laughs> so mad. Real to me, damn it.
6: I know. I can I can see. But um, no, I agree. Um See, that's the whole thing with the women's division, too, is just that nobody cares, and they're not making anybody care, and the women are starting not to care. You know what I mean? Like, if it was me, I would have AJ come out in a nice little sundress or, like, a nice little dress like how Miss Elizabeth used to be and have Daniel Bryan become the new macho man.
5: Now that's a lady.
6: Right? Exactly. Like, that would be cool, like, you know, he's going to protect his girl, but he'll always throw her in the way for his own benefits. Like, that would be cool because he can be that chicken shit type of heel, and he, they have that that chemistry together where it could work. You know what I mean? Like, Cena could be the Hulk Hogan, obviously. I think Daniel Bryan could be that macho man because he's so talented. I he, mean, you know, he, he just looks like a, like a regular Joe to me, but he's so good.
1: Yeah, it's a good point, I and mean, I think that 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 would be a great way to to use AJ. Is moving her into that kind of Elizabeth, uh, and you know, power couple kind of thing would be cool. Uh, right. It's interesting when you bring up the, the ladies, and and I agree with you. I mean, I, I Vladimir, I think you brought up a good point that it seems like, but to a certain extent, the ladies don't care. There's there's almost yeah. an apathy when they're they're coming down to the ring, and even if if they move AJ, I'm kind of curious what you think. If they move AJ, let's just say they, they listen to us or they have plans to uh, move her into kind of that Elizabeth role, the more of a valet, um, mm-hmm. is it hurting the female division that, like right now, the most significant storyline as far as the female, the divas in the WWE, uh, is nowhere close to the diva championship. It has to do well, with the guys and what AJ is going through and her exactly. psychosis and being psychotic, you know. There's nothing to do with the Divas title. Is that even furthering, uh, downgrading the Divas title?
6: Uh, I, I believe it is because they have so many good women. I mean, say what you want, but Eve is pretty talented in the ring. Beth Phoenix, obviously. You got Karma. Um, who else? Natty Nightheart, for God's sakes, is amazing. Um, there's so much to do. Like they could do a lot of things, but. I I don't know what's going on. It shows that the girls are starting to not care either. looks like they're just going to work, they're going to make their money, and then leave as soon as they can.
1: Agreed. It it honestly would be cool moving forward if they wanted to do this valet kind of thing and and really go forward with it and almost up the ante, uh, you know, if she was kind of an Elizabeth type, but up that a little bit more and have her win the Divas title.
6: Right, and have Brian,
1: not win the WWE title and have them yeah. both prancing around with their titles that's a power couple
6: yeah and have, have AJ not defend it for a little bit yeah almost, almost like people rallied up
1: see that why why are we not writing for them
6: because um, we didn't graduate in writing I guess <laughs> 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 I guess that's why
1: <laughs> well, but, um, always, what do you got coming up in the future
6: uh, nothing right now. I usually take the summer off because, you know, it's it's too hot to be wrestling. But, <laughs> with June 19th, uh, NEFW is having a show with Jerry Lynn and Marty Jannetty. And that's going to be phenomenal. They're like a really young company. And they're starting to get their feet wet in the indies. And they have a lot of promising things coming up.
1: Are you talking about the, the June 16th show?
6: Is that June? Yeah, June 16th. I thought it was the 19th. I'm all messed 16th. up with you. Yeah, as,
1: as, it, as it turns out, the Ken Reedy Show is a sponsor of that event.
6: I saw. So. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's going to be a yeah. good time, though.
1: Yeah, it should they be. They have uh, the right
6: intentions, and they have the right talent, and they, they'll, like, they'll figure out different things that will work and different things that won't work, but they're going to be all right.
1: Very cool. Looking forward to being a part of them. As always, Vladimir, thanks a lot for the phone call. We'll talk to you soon.
6: All right, man. Take care. Take care. Right,
1: bye. It's amazing. We start talking about Punk versus Neil Bryant. Somehow we fix the Divas division. Who knew? Who knew where that call was going to go? But yeah, I kinda you know, as we're brainstorming here, I, I would I think Brian with the WWE title, uh AJ with the Divas title, um, you know, that's a power couple. I mean, that would be cool. That would serve to put the belt over, put the Divas belt over and you know, Vlad's point is, is is good, you know, putting the strap onto AJ and then having AJ kind of refuse to defend it for a while. She's she's too, she's too good. She's better than the rest of the females. She doesn't have to defend her title. Kind of take that kind of stance and and you know, even ally herself with Eve a little bit that, you know, AJ stubs her toes. He says, "Oh, okay, it's fine. You don't have to wrestle tonight, you know, and really kind of uh, play up just being, you know, an uppity bitch that just thinks that she's better than everyone else. uh, Could at least give the Divas uh, title a little bit of juice. And and we've talked about a lot of times here. uh, The other belts, whether it's the Diva belt or the Tag belt or the U.S. belt or the IC belt, all the belts need something. They need something to lift them up, and this could be something that could do that.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, if I think I think now more than ever, especially with the, 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 uh, the launch of the network coming up in the fall, I think we're going to see some, and now the storyline with Santino and Cody about the importance of the, their two respective titles. I think with all the shows that are coming up that they want to develop for the network, I think the titles will eventually at some point have some more significance than they do now, not saying that they're going to be like it was. Not saying it's going to be like it was, you know, in years past. But I think you'll see some more significance in the singles, you know, the mid-card singles championships in the Diva title.
1: I would hope so because it really, um, you know, it's funny. But there there are times when, you know, I'm sitting and prepping for the show or I'm just thinking about wrestling that, you know, like I'm thinking, all right you now, who's who's got the? And I have to think for a minute who's got the tag belts. You know, I have to think sometimes who has uh, the, the diva belt or, the, or you know, sometimes the, the U.S. title. Like it takes me a minute. Like it's right there, um, which which you know just means that the titles have have lost their luster. They've lost their prestige. You know, like you just said, back in the day, um, you know, you were watching wrestling and someone asked you you know, who has each belt. You just rattled it off. You just knew. You didn't have to think for a minute. Um, there there are times where it takes me a second to kind of remember who has each belt. And, that's uh, you know, they're, just, they're not significant anymore. And, and, you know, they need to look at that. Because the mid-card, honestly, I mean, you can be top-heavy, but the mid-card is important. And there's no shame in being a mid-card guy. Some of the best matches uh, back in the day were, were mid-card matches. So, uh, I'd like to see those belts be, uh, you know, kind of ramped up a bit and, uh, you know, be doing a power couple thing with AJ it would be just what the Divas title needs. And we've come to the halfway mark. We're going to take a short break. So, with the day five sports update, here's Dave Rosenbluth.
4: Welcome to day five pop stories in professional wrestling this week. The first story this week comes from the WWE, as it was announced on Thursday by John Cena on his Twitter account that Monday Night Raw will be starting at 8 p.m. for three hours on a permanent basis beginning on July 23rd, which so happens to be the 1,000th episode of Raw. WWE is hyping that Raw will be more interactive once the three-hour format begins on the 23rd via the WWE website and social media such as Twitter and Facebook by deciding matches, stipulation, and superstar development, no idea what superstar development entails, but it sounds like elements of Cyber Sunday will occur every Monday to some extent. In some related news in regards to programming changes, TNA announced on Thursday as well that Impact Wrestling will now air live starting on May 31st and going through the summer. It was announced a few weeks back that Impact will move its time slot from 9 p.m. now to 7 p.m. There isn't any indication on when the live airing will end TNA officials only say that it will continue through the summer. More news from TNA this week as it was announced that Brooke Hogan, the daughter of TNA executive Hulk Hogan, has signed a contract to work with the company. Word on the street has it that Brooke will not become a wrestler, but rather some type of an on-screen personality in the knockout division. In more big contract news this week, another daughter of wrestling of a wrestling legend is going to cut her teeth into the wrestling business as Ashley Flair Johnson, daughter of TNA star and WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair, has signed a developmental contract with the WWE. Rumors have been running rampant since her signing of Ric Flair's possible return to WWE when Flair, who was advertised to appear at TNA house shows in Louisiana last weekend, no-showed the event. As far as we know... T- Flair's uh, TNA deal runs out in the fall of 2012. So does the signing of Ashley lead to an eventual return of the Nature Boy Ric Flair to the WWE? Ashley is expected to report the Florida Championship Wrestling the developmental territory in June. Our final story, which is a follow-up story we covered last week in regards to the pending John Cena divorce proceedings, Elizabeth Tina filed legal documents in Florida this week asking the judge to throw out her husband's divorce petition, which she claims is filled with errors. She wants Tina to attach the prenuptial agreement to the filing to make it valid. She also claims there is marital property that he did not list and was inaccurately referred to by her maiden name rather than her legal name. Be sure to check out NEFW as they present Cruel Summer, sponsored by the Ken Reedy Show. Already scheduled to appear, ECW superstar Jerry Lynn, WWE Hall of Famer Mr. USA Tony Atlas, and former WWE Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion one-half of the Rockers, Marty Gennetti. You can see these stars and many more at the Boys and Girls Club of Chicopee, 580 Meadow Street, Chicopee, Mass, from 5 to 7 p.m. on June 16th. For more details on this mega-event and additional info on purchasing tickets, head over to nefwofficial.com. Those are your Day 5 Stories of the Week in Professional Wrestling. Ken, back to you.
0: On Friday, June 1st, and Saturday, June 2nd, Wrestling Syndicate presents its five-year anniversary, live from the Rahway Rec Center in Rahway, New Jersey. Already signed to today's spectacular is international wrestling legend, Vader, the hardcore icon, Tommy Dreamer, Hall of Famer, the Birdman, Coco Beware, legendary manager Slick, the doctor of style, and high-flying icon, Two Cold Scorpio. Superstars Death Machine, Nami Callahan, Anthony Neath, and Davey Richards, and fan favorites Teddy Hart, Ring of Honor tag team the Briscoe Brothers, and the team of reality checks Devin Moore and Kevin Matthews. And let's not forget the tag team superpowers, the powers of pain, and former WCW superstar PN News. In Divas action, we have former Diva Maria Canellis. TNA knockout Rosita and Annie social Also scheduled are unorthodox tag team legends The Nasty Boys, Hall of Famer and former Intercontinental Champion Tito Santana, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and Mexican wrestling hero and Hall of Famer Mil Mascaris. And then Saturday night exclusives Alexis Nevaeh and Brittany Savage, fitness guru Simon Dean. Big pop pump, Scott Steiner. And finally, making a rare American appearance, Japanese wrestling icon, Kai, and the one and only, Great Buddha. Pro Wrestling Syndicate's five-year anniversary comes to you live June 1st and 2nd at the Rahway Rec Center in Rahway, New Jersey. Check us out on iPay-Per-View or be there live. For tickets, call 1-800-838-3006 or visit
1: ProWrestlingSyndicate.com. and we're back uh Dave you know great update right there i want to hit on some of the the things you're reporting on um interesting news uh both tna and wwe changing up their their formats a bit tna going live uh and wwe going to a 3 hour raw uh let's touch tna first and we'll hit the 3 hour raw um great i i couldn't be happier i think for for impact wrestling for them to go live uh for them to eliminate spoilers uh on their show uh will be tremendous for them uh a live broadcast uh to me as a fan is going to be great now logistically who knows it's always tougher to do a live show than do something pre-recorded but for a fan uh for someone who who wants it you know to see the action as it's happening um, to me, there's no negative here. I'm, I'm psyched they're going live. What do you think?
4: I would have to agree with you on on uh, most of those points. The only negatives, is that, uh, basically from a company standpoint is, uh, you know, number one, um, airing on the West Coast on a Thursday night. Uh, if they're going to go live, they would have to air at 4 o'clock during a work day. And not a whole lot of people come home, you know, till 5, maybe even 6 o'clock on a regular 9 to 5 work schedule. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, – you know, they fly the talent in every two to three weeks. Um, now they'd have to fly them in on a weekly basis and spend more money. Um, so is it a risk worth taking in order for you to grow? Yes, um, for the long term. So, um, I mean, I, I I like the, you know, the, the anything goes kind of feeling. You never know what's going to happen on live TV. Um, let's, uh, you know, Bischoff kind of, uh, you know, reinvented that wheel, so to speak, when he was running Nitro. So let's hope that uh, – he could bring some some of that old magic back, at the same time bring some new elements to the show um, in, the, in the live format for the company.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to me what really hurts Impact is, is the spoilers. Uh, it's a real negative for them. Um, as much as, and I try not to read them, and I'm not into spoilers. I, I, I try not to. I, I'm not going to say that every so often. I, I don't get curious, and I go and read them. Uh, I, I steer clear of posting them on on the Facebook. I, you know, I just think I, I'm trying to embrace the, the true, just wrestling tradition, and the you know, just not embrace the whole idea of spoilers. Um, that hurts Impact Wrestling a lot. Um, even if you're thinking, "Hey, I want to see this match," hey, there's just something that that you know. If you can, if you're trying to get to a TV to to see Impact, and and you have something to do or you're busy, and you can just pop online and read what happened,
4: to me it, it hurts your
1: product. Bottom line, you know, there's got to be. I'm not saying everyone does it, but there's at least a percentage of wrestling fans that probably read their spoilers and like I I don't have to watch that. I, I'll I, you know I'm good. I, I know what happens now. I, I, I'll watch something else. Or I'm going out. It's a Thursday night. Um so eliminating the, the whole spoiler thing is a huge step forward for uh impact and and what you're saying is, is a good point. I mean is it is it a risk? Yes, but it's a risk to move forward uh that they need to take absolutely. Um it could be a disaster for them, but it's, you know, anytime you take a risk, you know, you're risking it flopping and This is a risk they have to take. They have to uh, move forward with it, and and I I think it's a good thing for them. Uh, The other story is WWE uh, going to a three-hour Raw, and this is the exact opposite for me. Bad idea. Bad WWE. Bad, bad. Um, I don't know if I've watched a three-hour Raw over the past couple years that, that I've enjoyed Generally, with the three-hour raws, um, they don't give you a three-hour super show. They give you one hour of shit, and then a two-hour raw. Um, I, to me, they have failed tremendously, uh, repeatedly with three-hour raws. Uh, They they seem to extend some promos at nauseam to kill time. Uh, It's just I'm not looking forward to it now. That's not to say that they're not going to go to the drawing board and change the format uh, to make the three-hour RAWs more effective. Um, But when I heard that, I I immediately thought to myself, "Eh, that's not a good idea. Um, You know, a lot of people commented, hearkening back to when WCW's Monday Nitro went to three hours. I don't think you can look at the three-hour Nitro as the the major contributing factor to WWE going under, but a lot of people are making that connection. Um, I I don't know if I'm willing to go that far that uh, this is the end of the WWE, but three hours, man, I I don't know. And the one thing also that, you know, has always been interesting is the pay-per-view kind of setting it apart from the other shows, you know, Raw's two hours, SmackDown's two hours, When you get the pay-per-view, you get a three-hour show. WrestleMania, you get four hours. Um, Now, I mean, when you think about, you know, pay-per-view into, you know, if you have a crap pay-per-view, are you going to want to sit through a three-hour Raw if they really don't revamp things and and they keep it at status quo? So my gut reaction when I heard it was a three-hour Raw was not a good idea. Thoughts?
4: Um, Here's two things and I'll touch a little bit on what we were just talking about as far as TNA goes. I think both of these moves, ironically they're both done on the same day too, Um, I think both of these moves are to counteract uh, the NFL. Uh, The NFL next year and the NFL network is going to show a game every Thursday all year instead of doing the three or four games that they've done. Um, And it's also the NFL's a pay network. You have to pay to to, uh, to, to get that network on your cable uh, provider. So I think um, with TNA on the Thursday nights, um, going live and uh, you know changing the format from seven to nine, that the time slot. Um, I think this is a test run for them to see how well that they're how well they're going to do in that time slot, so that maybe they can grab some of that football audience. If it's a really crap game between the Cleveland Browns and the St. Louis you know Rams, that maybe somebody will change the channel and say hey, you know what, we're, we're going to watch Impact instead. This game sucks. Um, I think it's a test run for them because they sit through the summer and they want to see. I think they want to see how many viewers they get in that time slot. Um, as far as WWE goes, they've always had problems for years with Raw, with the exception of the Attitude Era, um, on Monday nights with Monday Night Football. And um, Monday Night Football is a big powerhouse in the ratings on Monday night. It's, you know, it's almost like, you know, um, you know, one of those things to do in America. On Monday nights, you watch, you know, you watch Monday Night Football. It's on ESPN, the, the largest, you know, sports network um, in the world. And uh, I think going to from... You know, from 9 to 8 and extending the show to 3 hours, I think they're trying to get that football audience, too, to watch some of their show. Now, the other thing about Raw going to 3 hours, I think this is also a test run to see if, um, you know, to, to for that first hour to kind of pull the viewers in for what's going to be for the other 2 hours. I've heard rumors that there's been talk for months about doing a pregame show, like an hour-long, you know, pregame show to kind of preview what you're going to get in the later two hours. So you might not necessarily see in-ring action in promos, but in my report I did mention that there's talk about, you know, st- fans deciding stipulation of matches via social media with Twitter and Facebook. Um, so you might see in that first hour, you know, Matt Stryker and Josh Matthews, you know, outside the building with fans, kind of like what they did with Sunday Night Heat on the night of pay-per-views. Uh, maybe show one match. before before they get to the the, the other two hours. But for the most part, you might see angles get set up in that first hour. So you may see a little more wrestling in the other two hours. Um, And there's talk that, you know, this this test run is also to see if this first hour that's extended onto the three-hour program now could be a part of the WWE network when it launches in the fall. So I think... A lot of people in the company, from what I've been hearing, have been saying that this is a terrible idea, and eventually Raw is going to go back to two hours. Um, I think that they're going to have to change the format a little bit if they're going to go three hours, and I think that there's a there's a, a large chance that we're going to see a pregame show of some sorts. Um, you know, we, we almost make it like a Monday night football type pregame show, you know? Maybe you have the guys in the studio, um, you know, previewing what's going to take place on Raw, you know? What they would have to do is they'd have to really sell hard what the main event is going to be for Raw, or the big angle that's going to take place, whether it be a contract signing or a face-to-face confrontation. They would all have to do that in that first hour to hook the viewers in to get them to watch for the other two hours. So they really have to go back to the drawing board and figure out um, if, if, you know, what's, what their plan is going forward with these three hours. Um, and uh, USA has always been a big proponent of the three-hour Raws because it gets them... Better ratings, and uh, it also, you know, more advertisers and sponsors want to jump onto a three-hour RAW. As a fan, I like the three-hour RAWs when they come. You know, I'm going to the three-hour RAW in, in June 11th in Hartford. You know, the, the <laughs> and we don't, we still don't know what kind of show that's going to be. Whether it's going to be a King of the Ring or a draft or, you know, whatever they do, a viewers' choice kind of RAW. So. I, as a fan, I like to do the three-hour Raws every once in a while because it makes it feel special. It makes it feel like must-see TV. Down three hours every Monday night, doesn't feel that way. But if they go with this pregame show format that I've been hearing about, maybe that will change my thought.
1: By the way, if the WWE is thinking about going to the like a pregame kind of format, just putting it out there, uh, myself and Dave are available, Yeah, to work for the WWE and do the pregame. So just putting that out there, you're looking, you know, need not look any further than right here. We can do your (laughs) pregame. Good points, though. I mean, yeah, they have to change the format. They can't just go to what they've been doing as far as a three-hour raw, Um, a three-hour raw. they can't. They, the three-hour Raws have just been horrible. So whether it is a, a pre-game kind of thing, or you know, certain you know something is featured, uh, that first hour is, is a recap of certain things. Um, whatever the case is, but they, they can't just go to it's Raw for three hours. Uh, there has to be some sort of format change. Uh, for this to, to work, because there's not one person, honestly, that I've talked to who's a wrestling fan that heard they're going to three hours and thought, wow, that's awesome, I'm pumped. Almost everybody thought that, oh, God, three hours, and and it has been. I You know, i said it before, most three-hour Raws that we've seen in recent years have been, let's make the promo a little bit longer Let's have people stare at each other a little bit longer. Randy, could you walk just a tad slower down to the ring? You know, it just has been, I don't know. Like Every time I watch a three-hour Raw, it looks like everybody that works for the WWE, they've been given the memo, kill time, stall, 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 keep stalling. Um, and and the, the Raw's just drag. They just really drag. And uh, they really got to go to the drawing board and, and kinda of change things up a bit if they're gonna make three hour raw successful. And if they go to a pregame format and regrettably and you know and it would be a mistake, they don't hire Dave and myself, um please don't don't give us an hour of Booker T pre gaming. Oh
5: my goodness. Yeah, you know,
1: we'll just like said, we'll have a counter going to see how many times he'll say, "Oh my goodness!" Um, but he he really has been absolutely awful. Um, I, and you know what's funny? And I know we we talked about it last week how great uh, Michael Cole was announcing the John Cena Brock Lesnar match. Uh, Michael Cole's been on his game as of late. I, I've actually found him to be quite good. Uh, calling matches lately, which really, really has thrown the spotlight on how bad Booker T is. And the guys, I respect him a lot as a performer, all the talent in the world. I don't doubt this guy could offer some of the young wrestlers a lot behind the scenes, um, but the one place this guy does not have talent is. Uh, calling a match, and, and it, it's time to pull the plug on the Booker T experiment being a commentator. We're going to go right back out to the phones. Uh, Cole, are you there? Hello? Hello.
3: Hey, Ken. Hey Tank. Yeah, Thanks. buddy. How are you guys doing? Um, it's kind of uh, ironic. Uh, I'm actually not listening to the show today because I'm working, but... I had a What's question with you? for both of you. I had a question for the both of you set up like I try to have every week. But now when I started calling and I heard about the three-hour format, I kind of had to tweak my question. Originally, my question was going to be, if either of you were managers in the WWE and were given a brand-new wrestler, the likes of John Cena, but a brand-new little wrestler that nobody had ever heard of before, how would you go about making this no name into a household name, and then she was talking about the three hour shows, and he got, and I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? As much as a lot of people may not like this, like you know, the whole three hour format, there's another way they can do it right. If they can take all the talent, which is not superstars, like you know, just like a talent that you see once in a while, like. You know, the people that come out, to just get the, their asses beaten for no reason and work with them on the first hour of the show. I think that they'll be able to have a company where they can't, where they don't have to just rely on the usual names, but if they can make this up and comers into somewhat household names and into the next wave of superstars. I think a three-hour format may actually work in their favor. But that's, of course, if they play it right. And like you both have been saying, lately the three-hour shows haven't exactly hit the mark.
1: Well, yeah, all all good points. I mean, I'll I'll start with the, the latter point. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and we talked before a bit about building stars. If WWE took that extra hour uh, to kind of spotlight new talent, uh, maybe spotlight FCW a bit, um, up-and-coming guys, uh, to, to kind of give it a a, a different feel. Uh, you know, this is the future of the business, and give uh, some of these newer guys a, a platform to show what they can do. Um, that could be a, a good usage, almost like a, you know, warm-up or kind of a, you know, you know, you go to a lot of the shows and they have the dark match to warm up the crowd. Uh, this first hour would almost be kind of a a warm-up. So, yeah, I mean, that, that might be a good idea to go with some of the no-name talent or uh, uh, up-and-coming young talent. And also you can gauge, which would be good for the WWE executives, gauge uh, the Internet and how people are responding to these guys uh, on TV and also how live audiences would respond to these guys. And also how the performers uh cells respond. I mean, you never know. You could have all the talent in the world uh, wrestling at an Elks club, and then all of a sudden you're on TV at Madison Square Garden, and you, you kind of shit the bed. So it would be a good kind of training ground, and it would give you something different as opposed to just extending the status quo and just giving you a longer uh, raw. What do you think, Dave?
4: Um, I think that's a good idea in theory. However, Because of the way they are so ratings-hungry that um, if you put an up-and-coming guy in the first hour, the casual viewer is going to say, who the hell is this guy? Why am I going to want to watch the rest of Raw when they got this no-name? If they were to take some of the guys they don't use on TV as much and put them in the first hour and almost kind of make it like a competition, like, you know, you could earn a contract on Monday Night Raw or you could be a regular on Monday Night Raw if you win this match, that might be a little interesting. But I think with the launch of the network, they got some of these shows in mind, it would be a good idea to test it out. However, I, I don't think that they're going to go that route. I think it's, like I said, a good idea in theory um, when it comes to that. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully that the, the, they do switch it up a little bit on the format because, uh, like you said, the three-hour Raws can, can definitely uh, – you, you can could, you could be more entertained watching paint dry sometimes than watch three-hour Raws.
3: No, and, and I totally agree with you on that one. Um, Like you said, uh, other than the Attitude Era, the three-hour Raws always seem to be lacking, so to speak. And, like, they always seem like they hype it up and it's going to be, like, you know, a great show. And then, like you guys were saying, it just seems like it's the same thing, just at a slower pace. And I think that, like, honestly, like Ken said, if, you know, they would gauge with social media on how people react to, this, um, uh, to the fans and seeing how they do it and tweak it, then I think that it would really work out well. But, you know, it's one of those... I would go about showing that that could be the best solution for everybody.
1: As far the first about a star... It's a good question. I'm going to let, like, I'm going to let Dave field this first. Uh, what would you do as far as if you were given someone and your job was to make the person the star?
4: Um, the first thing I would do, I would try and sit this person down and I would try and tap into what their interests and likes are and what is going on in pop culture that gets a mainstream viewer to want to watch them on a wrestling show. Because, let's face it, wrestling is not really pop culture these days. Fifteen years ago, different story. Um, the second thing I would try and do, depending on their skill level, is to accentuate their positives and camouflage their negatives. And if it's somebody who can't talk on a microphone, then I would have to pick up the slack and do that for them. Similar to, like, what Ryback is now. Ryback hasn't really had the chance to speak, but his moves, his power moves are pretty impressive. Um, so, uh I would probably have to do the majority of the talking and put over how dominant this guy is. Um, But my first thought, like I said, I would try and sit this person down and get an idea of what their interests and likes are and what, you know, is popular in pop culture and add that to that person's character. And hopefully that will translate well to a mainstream audience on a wrestling show.
1: Yeah, all good points. I I mean, I agree. I I don't think that... That they came the boat with a lot of wrestlers, making them into something that they're not. Uh, to me, the best characters in wrestling are always take an aspect an actual aspect, a part of someone's personality, and turn the volume up to eleven. Uh, just ramp it up. So you now the great characters, you know, a stone called Steve Austin. There's part of the man, Steve Austin. That is a redneck. That uh, is a, is a shit kicker. Um, he, as a character, he just ramped that up. He turned the volume up uh, too often. I think wrestlers are, are made into something they're they're really not. Uh, I always look back to there. There was a promo uh, a few years back with Morrison uh, towards Sheamus uh, after Sheamus won the King of the Ring, and it was just terrible. And it looked awkward. It looked scripted. Um, so. Yeah, and I agree with Dave. If they can't talk, then I would pick up the slack. Um, and sometimes, you know, a guy like Ryback, um, if I was in charge of managing him, I wouldn't let him speak at all. I would let him just stand there and be menacing, and I would try and put him over of bully. And then it's it's a you know a question of as, as a manager behind the scenes. Um, you know, where they're running into problems now with the Ryback, uh, you know, eventually your guy has to lose and then pick himself up from the loss. Uh, if a guy keeps winning, it, you run out of uh, places to go as far as a character. Uh, so you got to do that. And then you got to, you know, you got to pick your, your good rival. Uh, once you have your character in place, uh, you pick the rival. And like Dave said, make it relevant as far as uh, pop culture, make your, your casual fan. Uh, either love or hate your guy depending on which direction you're you're going in. Um I don't think and I you know, I'm one of the people athleticism is important in wrestling, but it's not really the most important. Uh in some way, shape or form you gotta put the character over in, in professional wrestling. Um and that's why a guy like Morrison never cut it, because people didn't get into his character. Physically tremendously gifted. Um but, you know, he, I mean, the guy can do anything in the ring. Character-wise, his character, blue chunks. So I would do everything I can to, to establish the character, establish the character that the performer would be comfortable with and choose that person's opponents very carefully, make sure they have uh, styles that complement each other and, and work on a, a slow build for this person to, to get them over. How's that?
3: Very nice. Very detailed. I like
1: it. Okay.
0: And
3: it, it makes perfect sense. All right, guys. Oh, glad All right, we thanks,
1: thanks. Thanks so a lot for the phone call. We'll hear from you soon. No but, Huh? We'll hear from you soon. Am I going to watch? Thanks for the phone call. I'll talk to you soon.
3: All oh, right, thank you.
1: Dank, always with the thought-provoking questions, getting us... Uh, and you know, I'm like, I, I wish I was a manager. I have, like, my my wheels are turning. Like, oh, I'd love to be managing someone, marching someone down to the ring, doing their promo work for them. Uh, it, you know, and Dank brought up a good point, and, and we've talked about managers before. Um, you know, it's one of those things in, in wrestling that, uh, you know, I'm surprised they don't use more because there's so many guys that can't talk. And, you know, to bring maybe some of these older guys into the fold to do a, you know, a manager type thing, um, you know, it would really help a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, I don't know why they've gotten away from it. I'm hoping they're moving towards that again. But, you know, just just looking right now, I mean, you need to look no further than, um, you know, what Vicky Guerrero has done over the past few years. And, you know, she's a, she's amazing. And, you know, she's such a good manager right now. Uh you or I or Dank could could walk into an arena and if Vicky was managing any of us, the crowd would boo us. Not knowing who the hell we are, the minute Vicky comes out and says, Excuse me, here's the next big thing in professional wrestling, Ten Reedy, the whole place is booing me. Instantaneously. And by contrast, if she comes out and says she hates us, all of a sudden the crowd's going to cheer for us. So, I mean, the thing about uh, a good manager and what that manager can do for someone, um, I, I, I think it would be really a great idea to uh, bring the managers back. Dank. Dank. He's always got us thinking. He's always got us thinking. Let's get back to talking to the pay-per-view. I know Vlad kind of touched on it, and why don't we talk on it a, a little bit. The Fatal 4-Way. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to the Fatal 4-Way. What do you think?
4: I am, too. There's four guys that can all work. They got like, like Vlad said, there's different styles. Um, and it's one of those matches, you know, some people don't prefer 4-Ways or triple threats because they can get, you know, a little too crowded at times. But to be honest with you, there really isn't a definitive winner. In this match, you can't really say who could win. I mean, Jericho's contract is coming up. Um, you know, they could throw a swerve at us and give him the belt and get us thinking, well, did he resign? Or, you know, Del Rio, they're kind of trying to uh, establish, you know, more. Um, Orton's been out of the title picture for a while. They might want to give him a run with it. And then, of course, there's Sheamus, or they might want to just keep the belt on him and establish him more uh, as the champion. Um, it looks like they're heading towards Orton and Sheamus. I don't know if it's for the belt or not, but it seems like after this match, that's the direction that they want to go in. And I think it will help a Sheamus to have a guy like Randy Orton to work with in a, in a uh, lengthy program. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in this match and, uh, you know, who's going to come out the victor. And, all, like I said, all four guys can work. They've got different styles. And uh, let's just hope that uh, it meshes well and uh we get a good match out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean if 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 Sheamus doesn't win, it it's a weak weak title run for him. Um, you know, and you know, I I thought like on on SmackDown with him beating Randy Orton, uh initially my thought was, "Oh good, you know, they're making uh you know, they're trying to make Seamus look strong and, and he beat uh Orton clean," but then uh, you know, Stone Cold, Randy Orton showed up and RKO'd him. So, you know, still they had to make sure that that Orton was over at the end of the SmackDown. So um, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. Uh, The Jericho contract thing, who knows with Jericho. Uh, Jericho is always working. He's always uh, fooling people. He's always trying to put over his character. Who knows where his contract status is? Um, we all think we know, but Jericho has been known to lie before. Uh, would not put it past that guy to uh release uh erroneous reports about his contract status. So, who knows? We all might be leaning towards you know, no way Jericho can win because of his contract status, and then Jericho, lo and behold, he wins the belt. Who knows? Uh, All the rumors that are circulating about his contract status right now, I would not take seriously at all. Not even a little bit with the way he is and and what he's done in the past. Um, That wouldn't influence where I would be predicting this match to go. But it is interesting because I don't look forward to uh, Triple Threat and Fiddle Warways ever. I don't like um, them, especially for the belt. I never really liked them. Uh, And I'm looking forward to this match. I think this could be a really cool match. Um, their match where there was a, the tag team match they had a couple weeks ago uh, was a very entertaining match, um, so I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, but the big match of the night, so to speak, uh, the the match with the most drama, I guess, surrounding it, uh, John Cena to take on John Laurinaitis, the battle of the Johns going on tonight at the pay per view. Um, with the stipulation coming down from the front offices, from the board of directors themselves, that Laurinaitis is to have no interference in the match, cannot appoint a special guest referee. It is going to be a down-the-middle, one-on-one bout between Laurinaitis and Cena, and if Laurinaitis is to, is to lose, then he's five. That was fired, by the way, if you didn't understand what I
4: said. Where do you think this
1: match is going,
4: Well, it's funny you mentioned Battle of the Johns, because I'm on my way to Hooters right now to watch the pay-per-view and eating all that greasy food. I might have a battle with my John at home later. Um, but uh, I don't know where they're going to go with this. You know, a lot of people, you know, you could take the logical route and say, well, John Cena's going to, you know, he's, going through a divorce, he might not be around, might not take some time off for it, so Laurinaitis might win, and then if Laurinaitis might win, the stipulation saying any superstar interfering on his behalf will be, you know, terminated immediately, and then of course we talked, you know, when, uh, Tony mentioned, alluded to earlier about the Big Show firing, could it lead to Big Show, who's technically not a WWE superstar, to help Laurinaitis win, to try and get his job back, I think that's the logical route, I think I I do think that the WWE reads, you know, what's on the Internet, what people think, and they might get an idea and say, well, they think they know, but we're the ones that know what the outcome's going to be, so they might swerve us. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, Maybe a contracted superstar will help Laurinaitis, and it will get to, you know, them getting fired and leading to rebuilding them later on down the line if they get rehired or something. Who knows where it's going to go? Um, it's not going to be a technical wrestling masterpiece, so to speak. Um, but I really can't say where they're going to go with this match, uh, the, the the outcome of it. And uh, I'm quite intrigued by it. And the rumor is that it's supposed to close out tonight's pay-per-view. So a match of that caliber with a guy like John Cena and a guy like John Laurinaitis, who has not been in the ring in 20-something years, and he's basically an office guy, he's a suit Something big is going to happen at the end of the night, and it's going to, you know, set the tone for tomorrow night's Monday Night Raw. To, you know, something big is going to take place and close out the pay per view and basically get you hooked for that first 15, 20 minutes at the start of tomorrow night's program.
1: Yeah, I, I it's interesting because and we keep talking about it. I mean, if there was ever a time for uh, Cena to be off TV for a little while, um, behind the scenes and storyline-wise, this would be the time to do it. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking for Big Show to have some sort of involvement right now. Um, to me, going forward, I, Laurinaitis is really... He's growing as a heel. Um, and I'm not saying he's great, but he's been getting better on the microphone. Um, I, personally, as a heel right now, I, I don't see him go anywhere. I'm kind of uh, enjoying the hatred he elicits and... Uh, you know, kind of like again a heel that's not cool, a guy that that people can just hate. Uh, there's nobody that wants to be John Laurinaitis. He's universally hated, um, and that's a good thing for a heel. Uh, I, I, to me, we're going to see uh, some sort of involvement from the Big Show. Something's going to happen uh, with the Big Show now. Who knows where they're going to go with it? Because you never know they could go either way if he interferes on John Cena's behalf and Cena wins the match uh you know the board of I mean Larnitis isn't there anymore so the board of directors could vote to rehire uh Big Show whoever they put in charge can rehire Big Show so uh that could be a direction they go in or he interferes on Larnus's behalf and um by doing so, Laurinaitis rehires Big Show. But uh, that firing did not happen by accident. That whole segment with Big Show uh, on Monday Night Raw was was a, a you know, Big Show's Oscar moment. Uh, it was an interesting piece of TV, uh, and it did not, that was not by accident. Uh, big Show is going to have an impact tonight, and I agree with you. If that's going to end the paper, then something big has to happen and you know maybe that big thing is is Big Show putting John Cena on the shelf uh, for a little while and and that would serve to uh you know revitalize Big Show's character um you know again he's a guy that you know at times he kind of languishes at times uh you know you don't really know where to go with him and and maybe they do something with him almost like uh you know JBL is coming up a lot today but uh you know, with JBL and Shawn Michaels, when, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels had to do JBL's bidding for a while because Michaels was hurting financially and JBL bailed him out. Uh, you know, maybe they go in a direction kind of like that where, uh, you know, Big Show comes down and does Laurinaitis' bidding and he's kind of Laurinaitis' monster from now on. And, uh, you know, Big Show doesn't necessarily embrace that role, but to, to keep his job to be a You know, a WWE superstar, which means more to him than anything in the world. And he does Laurinaitis' bidding. And, uh, you know, so we're going to see big show. There's definitely going to be some big show involvement in tonight's match. Uh, I I think that's all but a guarantee. Uh, But I do agree with you that, again, we've talked about the, the good thing about pro wrestling is when you can't predict definitively the outcome and I could see them going either way in this match. I could see uh, Cena winning and Laurinaitis going away for a while, going back to just working behind the scenes. Uh, but I could also see uh, with the divorce going on and everything else that's going on with John Cena, and Lord knows if there's any guy that deserves a little bit of time off, it's John Cena. And a guy who used it as far as a character goes. I mean, to me, have Big Show beat the shit out of him, put Cena off TV for a while, um, and and then you get the crowd kind of amped up for his return. So to me, that that would work for the, for the character. That would work for the storyline. Um, I'd like to see Larnitis stay around for a little while longer. So um, who knows where they're gonna go with that match? But you know what? It's time for Dave.
4: I think I do. It's
1: time for.
0: The Ken Reedy Show Nod of Approval.
1: And it has come time for the Ken Reedy Show Nod of Approval. This is a moment in our show where we just kind of talk about something in the week of wrestling. Could be a crowd, an arena, a, a moment a promo, whatever, something that we just looked at and said, hey, yeah, that's that, that working. That works. That, that's good stuff, where you just kind of sit on your couch and you, you just nod to yourself. And that's what the nod of approval is all about. So without further ado, Dave, who gets your nod of approval this week?
4: This week, my nod of approval was determined on Monday night. I give it to the big show John Laurinaitis firing segment. I thought. That was great, a lot of people think it's hokey that he got a four hundred pound giant to cry, but big show had did, and he did an excellent job, making you believe that he was so upset he was going to lose his job, and just the you know the the uh the, the the idea that you know he was he had to get on his knees and beg and he was just like please don't make me do this and you know the the, the crowd chant, no don't don't get on your knees and he's you know back and forth about it and and Lord, I just played such a you know a, a good chicken shit you know domineering heel of a boss that you know he, he smiled when he fired Big Show and he you had know, that Johnny grin that he normally has and Big Show you know getting on his knees and he's crying and he's so sad. I thought it was great. I thought it was the best part of Monday Night Raw, to be quite honest with you. And you know, it obviously set something up with Big Show for later on down the line. I to me that that got my nod of approval. I couldn't if I didn't watch wrestling for the rest of the week or whatever else was going on, that still was gonna be my nod of approval. To be quite honest with you. It was just it was that good of a segment. You actually believed at some point that like Wow, he's really upset he might lose his job right now, you know. and The best part was, you know, at the end he was like, are you happy now? And he's, you know, like on his knees crying. I thought it was great, you know. Not great to see a grown man cry, but just great the fact that he put so much effort, meticulous effort, into his acting abilities that a lot of those guys don't normally do. And I thought it was a credit to Big Show on that and the whole segment in general. I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I thought it was a tremendous segment. Um I uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the drama was there and I you know, it's one of those things that you know, as much as uh you know, it you know, somebody said it went a little long. I thought the long worked uh in this situation. Um I agree with you when everyone's chanting don't kneel and uh you know eventually he dropped to his knees i mean it went on for a while and, and when he finally dropped it was like just the giant uh you know come to this and and he fired him anyway which totally just you know made you know larnice is a prick you know the character just he's he's just an asshole and uh you know it works for the character it works going into the pay-per-view um uh, i i just thought it was, it was tremendous uh by 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 both of them. I thought it was a really well done uh promo, well done segment of Monday Night Raw. Um but for me, this week, my nod of approval uh goes to Impact Wrestling. Uh the whole kit and caboodle with Impact Wrestling, they get my nod of approval. Um for a lot of reasons. Um right now, I mean, they're trying to change things up, and I like that. I like that they're they're changing it. They're they're kind of recognizing that a different time. Um and look, you know, we don't know, the, the whole, uh, you know, wrestlers can be filmed anywhere, uh, might be a disaster, but it's something different. They're trying something different. Uh, the open fight night uh, is something different. They're, they're changing things up. They're trying to flip the script. and And it's time. The wrestling business has to evolve. And they're trying to evolve. They're trying to change things up. Um, I like that. I like Rude as a heavyweight champ. There's some been some real consistency there on the verge of breaking the record for the longest-ring uh, TNA-slash-impact heavyweight champ. He's had a real good run with the title. Austin Aries is just incredible. Uh, gives the X Division a lot of juice. The tech teams are, are strong. The knockouts are far, far superior to anything the Divas are doing right now. So... They're moving in a good direction. Impact wrestling is in a good place right now, uh, and we have maybe the healthiest, the, the best looking party, uh, maybe ever, but definitely in a long time. look tremendous right now in the ring. Uh, so I, that's all working. They go and they sign King Mo, uh, MMA fighter. so you know they're trying to bring in that MMA audience. This guy's going to be a You know, they're already referring to him as a two sport athlete, uh, being in pro wrestling and MMA. So um, they're definitely trying different things. And again, we talked last week, and the wrestlers getting filmed out in public might be a disaster, but it's something. It's something, you know, they're embracing uh, audience participation and, and the audience being a little more involved with the product. And, it's something new, and all risks, uh, you know, they're exactly what what the, the word risk means. And by definition, a risk, you know, doesn't guarantee success. Uh, but they're trying things different. A lot of the stuff's working. Maybe some of it won't. But as a wrestling fan, I, I appreciate uh, them trying to tweak things because the one thing with them that they have to remember, and I, I to me, they're doing it now you can't compete with the WWE on the same playing field. You can't compete with them as, you know, another WWE. You have to be an alternate. You have to be something different, an alternative to the WWE. Uh, You know, something else, offering a wrestling fan something else other than what we're getting on a weekly basis. And a lot of the time, Impact Wrestling was offering us, you know, Impact's kind of a, a Monday Night Raw with, less production value and, and you know less star power uh, and just less everything else. And what they're doing now is they're making Impact Wrestling a completely different show to Monday Night Raw. Still professional wrestling, but an alternative to Monday Night Raw, which is what they need to be doing. What do you think of that, Dave?
4: I think, yeah, I, 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 I give them an effort for trying. Uh, let's just see how it goes. I can't say that... Um, you know, it's gonna be a complete success, but you know, they're trying to think outside the box a little bit and what they have to do, and I've said it before, and a lot of people have said it, they can't be what the WWE is. They gotta be what they're good at. And if they can establish these open fight nights as something that catches on with the audience and, you know, the, the the different aspects of the show um that they have, you know, like if they establish the X Division as a major force in the company, then put you know, put your focus on that. And make that your selling point of your show instead of trying to do what your competition is doing. And that's my whole theory on it. I, I, I just hope it works out. At any, I think all wrestling fans hope it works out.
1: Agreed. So there you go. For this week, Big Show and Laurinaitis and Impact Wrestling. <laughs> the, the Ken greedy Show. No. Oh,
0: over the, the, the
1: And let's take it right out to the phone. Right Caller, are you there? <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh.
3: Okay, I've got a question. Okay. Okay. In a, in a wrestling ring, what is the turnbuckle actually made of? <laughs>
1: That's an excellent question. Uh, you know, Dave, Dave actually has some experience in setting up the ring uh indie shows. Uh, could you tell us exactly what the turnbuckles made of?
4: Oh, it depends on what kind of turnbuckle they use. Uh WWE uses uh you know, they have like a a a felt which has got, like, you know, cotton or palm in it. Um you know, WCW was known for using almost like a, a rubber mat sort of as a more like thicker of a turnbuckle. Um, you, you can go a, a bunch of different ways, um, with how the turnbuckle is made. Uh that's a that's a very good question. Um when I <laughs> yeah. when I used to when I used to set up the uh the ring at some indie shows, group that I worked for used a um they didn't use the traditional what you see now on T V with the WWE where they have like a cot, you know, I mean you used to see George the Animal Steel when we were kids. Rip open the turnbuckle, and it was you know had like it was almost like that popcorn that you get in the packaging from UPS when you got like a fragile package. So um, the the actual turnbuckle that I was familiar with was the um, was the big rubber ones that WCW used, which were kind of hard to remove if you wanted to uh, if you wanted to expose the turnbuckle and uh, use it you know in your favor when you're in the ring. So um, yeah, those are probably the only two. That I could think of at the moment, um, but you go in there at a fast rate. You know, if you if you get swung into the corner at a fast rate, from what I've heard, you feel it. I mean, it's not like you're bouncing off a of cotton, because uh, they got that metal piece of the turnbuckle behind all that padding. So, it, but there's not much there's not much give to it. So, I mean, I'm kind of stumped on that one. I mean, I've never run into the turnbuckle <laughs> before, but uh, that's a, that's a good question. Keep 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 them coming.
1: It's, yeah, see, who knew that we like? I think I think that question was intended to stump us, and and we'll give you a dissertation on what the turnbuckles are made of. Oh, we'll do it. Oh, we'll go there. So yeah, now we're we're running close to the end there, Dave. Why don't we go through prediction time? Let's see where we're gonna go. I think uh, as of right now, uh, going pay per view for pay per view. Uh, Dave is is ahead of me. Predictions. Uh, I won WrestleMania. And you've won Extreme Rules and Lockdown at this point. Uh for pay per views we've we've done predictions on. So let's I'm see. Not Let's go first off, why don't we go like honestly really most important match of the night? <laughs> Beth Phoenix versus Layla.
4: Oh my god, this is the one that's good this is the one that's drawing money here. Ooh, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> this the one this is the reason why I'm coming to Hooters to watch it. Um man i bet smart money says smart money says that that Layla keeps the belt tonight. she just got back she they're trying to establish her as a force, you know they, she really doesn't have much of a reaction from the from the audience. I think if she beats somebody like a Beth Phoenix. She'll get she'll she'll get a little more support from the audience because Beth Phoenix is a well known commodity in the Divas division, or lack thereof, I should say. Um so I'm gonna go with Layla.
1: Well, we're gonna agree right there. I'm gonna go with Layla as well, and I'm not gonna talk that much about it. But yeah, for for those reasons. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I agree. Moving on. Uh and Kofi and Truth versus Swagger and Ziggler.
4: Um I, I, Kofi and Truth just won the belts. I think they want to establish them as a, as a, as a formidable team. Although Ziggler and Swagger have been kind of floundering in the, in recent months. It could go either way, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm going to stick with, uh, the tag team champions retaining the titles.
1: This is bad. Like, there's no way for me to gain ground because we're going to agree here. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think that they, you know, they, uh, I agree there that uh, they want them to keep the, chan- the titles for a little while, uh, put them as a tag team. The good news is I think the WWE is trying to put over the tag division right now, which is really good news. Um, the other reason is, would not be surprised if we're getting close to splitting up Swagger and Ziggler. That there's going to be an angle where some of them, one of the guys, I'm assuming it's going to be Ziggler, but someone's going to split apart from that faction. Um, and go out and own. So, uh, you know, maybe tonight is the beginning stage of that. Uh, But I'm looking for those two to split up soon and for Kofi and Truth to retain. Uh, Let's go into uh, Punk versus Daniel Bryan. Where do you think that's
4: going to go? Well, Punk's had the title for a while. I said earlier they want to groom him. It sounds like they want to groom him to be the next guy if John Cena happens to disappear. Daniel Bryan's been hot. I think just for argument's sake, and I think they haven't really put too much time and effort into this build for this match. Um, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to go with a Daniel Bryan victory with the belt.
1: Wow. All right, here we're going to differ, because I'm going to go with with Punk. Um, I I just think this is not the time yet he... uh, He's had title for a long time, and, and this has been a real good title run for him. Uh, for anybody, actually, for that matter. Uh, I, I don't think over the limit is is the time. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily... To me, it's too much too soon for Daniel Bryan to uh, win the World heavyweight title, uh, to keep it for a chunk of time, to lose it not that long ago, and then all of a sudden be the WWE champ. Uh, I like what he's doing. I, I think Daniel Bryan's got a big future, but... Yeah, to me, that's like, I don't know if he's ready to, you know, I don't know if anybody's uh, that big a star to, you know, win the the title, win the WWE title that soon after losing the uh, World Heavyweight title. So I'm going to go uh, with Punk retaining and continuing his uh, long run as WWE champion. Uh, hey,
4: if way. they do go, if they hold on, let me just make one point. If they do go with Daniel Bryan winning the belt, you know what they could do? They can come up with the be a vegan campaign, like they got that PSR, you know. <laughs> so he'd be the perfect candidate, you know. Instead of be a star, be a vegan, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were saying the fatal, the, the fatal four way? Yeah. Um, part of me wants Seamus to win. I have a feeling we might see a title change in this match. Oh. I'm going to go with Randy Orton. He hasn't had a belt wow. in a while. He has not had the championship in a while. They look like they're leaning towards a um, Randy Orton-Sheamus program, like I said earlier. And Sheamus hasn't really gotten the most positive reaction since WrestleMania with the whole Daniel Bryan 18-second thing. They've kind of put him in positions where – um, they put him up against guys that the audience seems to like more. Randy Orton is a far more popular superstar than Sheamus at the moment, and uh, I think this could lead to a Sheamus heel turn, give him more of an edge that he already has, and uh, set up Orton with a with a, with another good title run. Orton's still in his prime, so I mean, he you know another title run's not going to hurt him. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to
1: go with. Uh... Actually, I'm going to go with the lies, and I'm going to say that it's Jericho that's going to win it. Jericho, I mean, who knows how long he's going to keep it for, but I think Jericho is going to win the title. And and maybe there's some conflict between Orton and Sheamus, and, uh, you know, Orton costs Sheamus, or maybe it's an RKO and Jericho slips in for the pin. Um, But I agree with you. I think that rivalry uh, is coming. Uh, Last match, Cena versus Lauren Ice. Where do you think that's going?
0: I'm gonna
1: the go with Laurinaitis. Was that Laurinaitis? I would agree with you. John Laurinaitis is gonna win. Some interference from the Big Show. Well, it's almost time. limit is coming. It's almost the way. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Ken Patera
0: Show. Remember, the left, We're loving it. I'll be at some Pepsi Center in New York, New York. I'm going to hear some